Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Rundown, where we talk about 2A news and conservative views. I am your host today, Craig Deleuze, coming at you from the West Coast, the left coast, behind the Iron Curtain, otherwise known as the Sierras. But as we all know, I do not do this program by myself. No, my name is Mike Piorski. I come to you from the East Coast. That's the coast with the most from the co-host with the most here on The Rundown. 2A views, conservative news, and Craig... Uh, it's free for all Friday. It is free for all Friday because, folks, look, we realized that we cut the week a little bit short on you because, you know, we uh, Monday was a holiday and Tuesday we were recouping from that holiday. So we cut it short. So what we also thought we'd do today, we thought we would kind of recap because it's been a pretty big week, hasn't it, Mike? I uh, Yeah, let's see. I uh, it, it hit 100 degrees here locally. Uh, they had some sales on the chicken sandwiches over my favorite uh chicken store and I had some uh, some tacos so it's been a big week yeah I, I don't think any of that was like what what I was referring to no no oh I'm sorry may have been a big I'm week sorry. for you in that <laughs> aspect I'm talking about in the news I'm talking about issues that have been impacting uh impacted and been in the news it's just it's been it has been both entertaining uh as well as informative and somewhat inspirational I might add are you talking about Bicycle Gate? I'm not talking about Bicycle Gate, although we will be talking about Bicycle Gate. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> yep. I hear Fun they're going to ban those, uh, those little toe holders on top of pedals on bicycles. They're getting rid of those. Oh, yeah. No, that, that's what I hear. That's what I hear. I, th I, th I hear it's actually going to happen via executive order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although no I, think it, I think what's going to happen is, is that they're going to declare the, uh, the, the 25th Amendment you know, since, you know, Biden fell off his bike and is no is in no physical condition to be president. Uh, I think Kamala yeah. Harris is actually going to sign that one. Uh, last I saw, she was busy with Matthew McConaughey, but that was a different story. <laughs> OK, that uh, that that did not make that one did not make the, the family cut today. She uh, let's just say she was having a conversation with Matthew McConaughey to get him to talk about gun control. So that's a exactly maybe. kind of along the style that she had with Willie Brown. And we'll just leave it at oh, that. Oh, I didn't know that. Man, man, that's not what I heard. <laughs> family show, Craig. Come on, keep it family. Family show. I just I just said family. Look, she was a good friend of Willie Brown's. Oh, I bet he was. Yeah. I'm, just gonna leave, was. I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that, you know, for the family. Uh, hey, so right. folks, just real quick housekeeping before we get started. Make sure if you're watching us, make sure you like, share, subscribe, like, share, subscribe. A lot of our viewers are first time viewers. So if you like, share and subscribe and particular on YouTube and Facebook, if you click that notification button, you'll be notified as soon as we go live and you can participate in the live chat as the program is taking place. And uh, just so you know, in case you haven't noticed, uh, this program takes place uh, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. So we're talking about stuff er week day or weekday uh in the afternoon yes. slash evening yes yes except for uh the monday juneteenth father's day monday we usually take that one off it, that's I, I think that's really the only holiday we take off right <laughs> yeah that's it that's <laughs> when the they fall together yeah. when they fall together that's kind of like yeah. okay we gotta yeah. take it off you have to right yeah yeah. yeah. i it's, think it's federal law it is it is federal <laughs> law yeah there is. you go all right, let's start with the big news of the day. Uh, you know, we've been waiting on the Supreme Court to rule on a number of things. Yesterday, we got a big ruling on the Second Amendment, which we'll talk about a little bit later. 
But uh, the big one that a lot of people are looking at has to do with the decision on abortion or the overturning of Roe versus Wade. That's right. The Supreme Court has come out and basically said not only, well, first of all, they, they are making it very clear. They are not overturning or eliminate. They are not eliminating the constitutional right to an abortion. Mike, what they pretty much said in this decision was, uh, yeah, no such constitutional right ever existed. Right. And this is what the, you and I have been saying for years and years. We've probably said it here on the radio show is that, uh, you know, here, here's the document. Show show me the constitutional right. Uh, and uh, and they they overturned Roe and they overturned Casey. Uh, and, and I think the important thing to th- you know, Craig, is that they did not outlaw abortion. And that's what everybody's going to say. They did not outlaw abortion. They've simply returned it to the states and said, this is a state's right issue. Your states, your governor, your legislators, you decide what the law of your state is. Oh, yeah, that's and that was the most important thing. And I, I think that 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 will be overlooked. The most important thing that will be overlooked in this decision is the fact that what in essence, what they said was, look, if you and your state constitution, if your state constitution decides that you believe it's a right in your state, then it's a right in your state. It just does not arise. It does not arise to the level of a constitutionally protected right because such a right is not conferred in our constitution. They he basically they said they got it wrong. And uh, and Mike, you were talking. We were talking a little bit before the show. I don't want to. I don't want to steal your point. Why did they say they got it wrong? They, listen, there are many reasons, and this is a very right. very long, uh, uh, you know, ruling over two hundred pages. Uh, um, uh, you know, the the first example they cited was. Uh, Plessy v. Ferguson. And for those that don't remember that, that's separate but equal when it came to the schools. Uh, and they said, uh, listen, you know, we've, we've gotten things wrong before. We got Plessy v. Ferguson wrong before. And that was, you know, because it was accepted at the time. That's where that was the next step. It looked like the right thing to do. Uh, going back and taking a look at it, though, uh, you know, that court did not follow the constitutional standard. And it's as if they uh, they, they they gave in to the local or excuse me the the pressure of the nation at the time and that's not what the court's supposed to do so they went back and said listen we should have made it at that time all people were equal but we didn't because we were afraid what would happen all right and and they said that's wrong so here we are we're now correcting the wrong another wrong that the court has the court did not follow through on their decision to or their theory of, you know the uh, stare decisis you know let the uh, let the decision stand the previous precedents so you know, they, they, they got it wrong. And, and they said, and they, in Plessy versus Ferguson, and they said, that's the same thing with Roe v. Wade and the same thing with Casey. Casey didn't examine the right set of facts, which Casey was the reexamination of, uh, of, of Roe v. Wade from back in the, the early 90s. And again, the, they said, you know, that it, it, they got it wrong. Well, and, and that's one of the biggest challenges I've always had, issues I've always had with this issue of quote unquote stare decisis or, you know, basically precedent. Uh, is not that I'm against the idea of precedent, but if precedent is not based in law, if the foundation of the precedent is wrong, then that Correct. makes the decision wrong. And at a certain point, right. you have to you have to be willing to go back and correct it. The thing about this particular decision that I think that makes it even more important is because this is a fundamental question of uh, really, quite frankly, when life begins, right? Because 
Yes. If you believe that it is a life that is in the womb, then that is a life that has a right to, to exist and a right to be protected. And we now know so much more scientifically uh, as to, we have a lot more information and data as to when life begins or, or what the various stages of gestation are. We have a lot more information now to make a much more informed decision. And the problem was, Roe v. Wade and Casey made it impossible to have that discussion because they're like, no, 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 constitutional right, nope, nope, can't even converse it, can't even talk about it. Well, now, guess what? We can now talk about it. We can look at the science. We can look at the information, and hopefully in state legislatures and, and amongst political pundits and amongst academics, we will actually start to have those sorts of conversations in order to determine what sort of uh, what sort of regulation uh, or restrictions should exist. And that's really what they said. They said, look, we now give it back to the peep, the states and the people of those states to regulate uh, this particular, uh, this particular uh, uh, function. Yeah. You know, uh, in, in Roe v. Wade, they, uh, they did not discuss the, the viability of a, of a child, you know, of, uh, of, you know, inside the womb, outside the womb. You know, when could the child survive? And like you, you just said, you're talking over 50 years ago, and now, so 50 years in medical advances. Uh, you know, so that that having never been defined before, this court found in error, and now 50 years later, you know, we know it's going to move that line, right? We 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 see these stories and and hear these stories every day of uh, of for whatever reason a child being born prematurely and 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 living uh, you know a healthy healthy lives. Um, you know, the, the other thing it, it, it looked at uh, along there, Craig, was uh, what they call the, uh, uh, um, oh boy, uh, what was their term they used for the quickening, pre-quickening and post-quickening uh, as, as well. So, you know, a lot of stuff that wasn't, wasn't looked at. And, and then in Casey, you know, they should have looked at viability and they didn't. They ignored that as well. So, well, again, this, this court comes along they, and says... Mm -hmm. Previous courts got it wrong, and uh, right. it's not illegal. Let's make sure we understand right. that it's not illegal. Well, in various states are now various states are do have uh, restrictions on abortion. I don't know that any right. have just an out and outright ban. I think there's at least one state that makes it illegal uh, unless it's to protect the life, uh, the life or the health of the mother. But most states, in almost every state, there is at most a restriction, meaning, okay, only after a certain number of weeks, right? Only, only before a certain number of weeks. Um, but, yeah. you know, talk about the science. You know, this is a, this is a lapel pin. I don't know if you guys can see that and see if it'll zoom in at all. No, it doesn't appear to want to zoom in, but it's like the, those are like the, supposed to be the size of the feet uh, of a baby at, uh, at uh, uh, six weeks, right? The whole point of that is, is that a lot of pro-life activists wear that pin, but science is what has allowed us to be able to know that, to know that information, to know when there is a heartbeat, to know when there is brain activity, to see when there are limbs uh, and, and know when it is in fact, and, and once again, give us more information as to when life begins. And I think it's important for us to once again, have those conversations. We need to have those conversations uh, because in the end we won't, I'm thinking this, if it is, if there's a chance that it is life, we want to get this decision right. I'm always going to decide to err on the side of protecting innocent life. You, you know, um, you're, you're absolutely right, Craig. 
and, and, and it all comes down to the, the medical science. And this is going to come down to, again, like we keep saying, down to individual states and states' rights. And, I, and I'm going to tell you, I think this is, you're going to be surprised. This is not going to be such a clear red and blue state issue. Yeah. You know, the, the, the lines between uh, what your, your mother and grandmother uh, viewed, what was, what was morally right and, uh, and, and what was a, a sin uh, are, are, are changed greatly today. Uh, um, you know, it's, it's not, it's not uh, as pressing an issue it is for the youth of America as I think it was back then. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. I'd like to say, like Florida is, I'll tell you, for instance, Florida is, a, a, you know, we know that's a clear red state at this point, right? Um, mm -hmm. Well, listen, there's abortions are legal in Florida. You know, it's right. never, you know, they've they've done some limiting, but I think Florida is a 24 week, not a 15 week, if I recall. Right. Uh, um, and uh, you know, so I think you're going to be surprised at what you see. Well, I think you know, first of all, if you look at the polls, there's one, there's a place where I think most people fall. Overwhelming majority of people fall. Number one, most people believe that abortions should be legal, uh, but they should be restricted, generally within the first trimester or to protect the life and the health of the mother, or in the case of rape or incest. That right. gets you the overwhelming majority of, of people who, who where, that's where they fall when it comes to abortion. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't people who believe it should be less restrictive, because there are, and there are people who right. believe it should be more restrictive. There are. Right. But in the end, I think that uh, we need to take a look at the data, take a look at the science, and then arrive at a place that I think works for where you live. You know, for the, the values of the culture and the community in which you live. And uh, my thing is this, if, if you disagree with the culture and the values of the community in which you live, then maybe you should consider finding an, an, a new community. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right. And listen, again, we're talking 50 years changes in medical science, right? 50 years yeah. changes in medical science. You know, you, back then, Craig, if you wanted to determine if you were uh, pregnant or not, I remember, remember the old saying, well, the rabbit done died, you know, right. well, that was, they used to have to use the orcs, certain organs from the rabbit to determine if, uh, if you were pregnant or not. Uh, mm -hmm. Now it's, uh, you can get the, uh, the old uh, pee on a stick at the dollar store, you know, as, right. as you, you could get them there. Let's, how about uh, not knowing the sex of the baby until the baby was born. And now you can get full 100% digital imaging of your child before they ever, ever leave the womb. It's just, right. You know, the medical advances are ridiculous now compared to what we had back then. Which is why it's so important, once again, that we that we have those discussions. So exactly, uh, exactly. hats yeah. off to the Supreme Court. And once again, I believe they've gone out of their way to fully. I mean, once again, this is an over 200 page decision. So it is it, it is impossible for us to give you a fully exhaustive analysis of it right now. But I would encourage you over time, take the time. Listen to the legal experts on this and and get an idea of what they're saying. Uh, and by the way, the, the legal experts that you agree with and you disagree with. And here's what I can encourage you to do. Listen to the law. Don't listen to what they say their moral justification is, this right, right or wrong. Take a look at the law where they cite what the Constitution means, what they cite. Oh, you know, look at the law because here's the, in the end, the Supreme yep. Court's job, the court's job is to interpret the law. Not to write law, not to create law, but to yep. interpret the law as it pertains in particular to the Constitution of the United States. Yep, there you go. Anyway, moving right along, you guys know that we just had a recent decision relating to the Second Amendment. That's right, uh, that noted that the right to keep 
or the right to bear arms, well, it exists outside of the home, believe it or not. Yeah, I know. And the left is, quite frankly, losing their minds. Uh, this is a piece. I mean, they are literally flat out losing their minds, whether it's the, the, the governor of New York, whether it's the folks there on uh, the governor of California who has lost his mind. Uh, they are basically referring to Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas's maximalist Second Amendment ruling is a nightmare for gun control. Now, the one part I will say is, yes, it is a maximalist because guess what? Shall not be infringed means shall not be infringed. So I don't, you know, I, I think you should go to the maximum on that. And yes, it is in the end going to be a nightmare uh, for gun control. Um, Mike, yesterday I had a chance to host with the Firearms Policy Coalition. Last night we uh, hosted a symposium. It was almost an hour and a half with uh, four legal scholars who are experts when it comes to Second Amendment and Second Amendment issues and legal decisions. And I got to tell you, man, it was... Uh, it was a, calling it a symposium doesn't even really do it justice. You know me, I like to talk and all I could do was sit and listen. I was like, I was like a, just, all I did was I just kind of was, I was, I was guiding traffic. That's all I was doing, but <laughs> they were dropping bombs on this. And this decision that was made is going to have an impact beyond just the right to carry a firearm. Sure, well beyond it. In fact, I, I did a, a program yesterday afternoon too with a, with an attorney as well, and it's always good to be, uh, you know, placed with an attorney. You know, obviously they have the uh, uh, the, the the law degree behind them and that and that fundamental knowledge. So it's always good to uh, to supplement and add to what each other have to say. So uh, that's that's uh, that's a nice thing. But um, yeah, Craig, I think a lot more is going to come out of this. I think this is you know we'll find that uh, this maximalist ruling, by the way. Uh, we'll cover that in a moment. I want to make sure we come back to that. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll find that this this extends beyond what we have here. One of the things we looked at uh, yesterday, I think you and I mentioned it as well, was, um, uh, Craig, you're in California. I'm in Florida. I now have the right to have my fire on outside my home. Well, outside my home would include California as well. Uh, so does do the justices having specifically not mentioning interstate travel or reciprocity did they leave that door open for the next ruling on this on purpose? You know? Well, I think, I think they did because I think they want to see how it eventually will manifest yeah. uh, because obviously under the 14th amendment that, that there's going to be an issue under the right to interstate travel. That is also going to be an issue. The question is, are the States going to work that out? And it's, I don't think the issue is going to be with the 43 states that are currently shall issue. I think the issue is going to be with the six states in Washington, D.C. Uh, that uh, that are may issue. I think that's well, where sure, you're going to. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, they're well, going to have to say, OK, me. look, I, they're going to yeah. get sued and they're going to have to determine, OK, are we going to allow people to get per our permits? Are we going right. to recognize other states permits? If I were California, quite frankly, what I would do is. I would be open to the idea of reciprocity if your permit met our standard. Well, and that's what the, that's what the problem has always been, is right. that your, your permit must meet our standard. Well, if, you're, if your standard has been may issue, well, that doesn't mean right. there's their less, they're less uh, examination well, standard of, of shall right. issue. I'm sure well, less objective. Well, I mean, what what I, what, yeah, exactly. Well, what they're referring to mostly is, okay, I'm, what I'm referring to is, Okay, well, you've done a background check. You've done uh, you've done uh, X amount of 
classes you've done. Now, I'm not saying that I advocate for those things. I'm saying that the state of California, if I know our leaders to be who they think they are, they want to be trendsetters. And so they're going to want to lift the standard for concealed carry permits for the entire country. Now, well, right. And what, and I, and I know what you're saying is this California requires what, is it four hours or eight hours of training for your, your for your initial, for your initial, I believe it's, uh, for your, for your initial, I believe it's 16, eight, eight or 16 hours training. Um, okay. it's so two, it's basically, it's a two day class. So I'll go there. Your, your state requires eight or 16 hours of training. Right. Florida requires, I'll give you this. Florida requires training. Uh, right. that's all it says. There's no minimum time. I've seen the classes taught in 45 minutes. The only thing that they've specified on the administrative level is they want you to pull the trigger on one live round, which right. was resulted in Craig, by the way, shooting 22s with a suppressor into a bucket of sand. Uh, um, so that's the training here. How about Georgia? No training requirement, constitutional right. carry state. Okay. Right. So here's the problem, right? Now the law says I could carry my firearm outside my home. It does not mm -hmm. say I can't carry how far outside my home. It says I can carry outside my home. So I think the states now are going to have to, they may want to wheel and deal about my, your standard is my standard and whose standard is up to which standard. Uh, uh, but I think they're going to have to accept right now that if I decided based on this, this amendment from yesterday, mm -hmm. excuse me, this, uh, this constitutional uh, decision from the court yesterday, that if I'm in New Jersey with a firearm that has been granted to me to be carried under a shall issued statute, uh, I've I've met the uh, the Supreme Court's uh, uh, the Supreme Court's uh, burden of proof right there. Well, um, I think the ar the argument is going to be that they that that what's what what may happen is states like California may make it possible for out of staters to get a California permit. They may require you to come to California to apply for it. Basically, they're going to make it really difficult for you sure. to be able to get it. Right. This is, uh, but, this but it'll be like but it'll be possible if you want to carry in California. Yeah. Here's here's how you do it. And so they'll make it available, but they'll make it either cost prohibitive or just very difficult administratively for you to be able to get it. That's right, what I'm guessing we go, is going to wind up happening. Which means we go back to court, right? And then California gets spanked down again. But until yep. until that law, until there's a, until there's another provision that allows me to go through a process to get a California permit, right? I'm saying as of this moment, I'm qualified to carry mm -hmm. a firearm in California. Well, yes. But what I will tell you about the state of California is they really don't care what the Constitution says because right. they, know, that's, they, that's <laughs> they know what will happen. They know that in the Ninth yeah. Circuit, they know that yeah. regardless of what the law is, what the Constitution says, they know they'll win in the Ninth Circuit. And they know that it will take, uh, you know, decades for you that to years, finally yeah. get to the yeah. Supreme Court and for them yeah. to lose. Right. <laughs> that's right. No, I agree. I agree. I'm just, uh, you know. In theory, in legal yes. theory, right? You know, I go to New York City, I go to New Jersey, I go to California right now. As long as I have a permit that's been issued under the shall issue standard, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I don't meet any disqualifying offenses, which I wouldn't, because I would, I would have the permit. Uh, then that's outside my home. I choose to carry outside my home. I just happen yep. to be in uh, Trenton, New Jersey today. That's all. Yep. Nope. I, dude, I hear you. I hear you. And I think, like I said, I think what you'll see is you'll start to see a lot of states. Will, will, I think a lot of other states are going to start to make it. So they're going to start recognizing other states' permits and it's going to start to make it a whole a whole heck of a lot easier. Um, yeah. California, New York, Rhode Island, New Jersey are going to be the, the loan holdouts. Uh, and uh, sadly, the taxpayers there are going to foot the bill for the legal challenges because yeah. they're going to lose. Yeah. And, yeah. you know. You are it, correct. 
<laughs> They're going to wind up losing. So anyway, yeah, it's real interesting to see. Now, you said you wanted to touch on the whole maximalist thing with a statement that they yeah, made. Listen, regarding- I, I, there's, a, there's, there's a saying in the Second Amendment industry, right, that says uh, all, all gun laws are unconstitutional. Um, Craig, you and I, we've had this conversation before. I'm, I'm not that guy. I don't think that all gun laws are con- unconstitutional. Uh, I think 99% of them are unconstitutional, uh, but I'm pretty clear because, you know, I've done things like my own research. I've, I've read the, uh, uh, the Federalist Papers. I've read the, the personal letters of the Founding Fathers, and they never meant for, uh, for felons or for the mentally incapable, incompetent, uh, or, or minors. And I'm not talking minors uh, like they had 14, 15-year-olds back then because those were adults back then i'm talking like a four-year-old can't take a glock to pre pre-k all right that right. would be a crime we're crime against the parents for allowing that to happen but not you know because a four-year-old can't process uh, intent in its brain but mm-hmm. uh there are some laws that are constitutional you can't let people that are disqualified from uh you know having firearms let them have firearms you know well, that there's still right. some unconstitutional laws out there um you know, the actually there's still there's still some laws against firearms mm-hmm. that are constitutional. Well, um, just, I want just, to see NFA yeah. gone. I want to see the National yes. Firearm Act gone. Yep. I want to see the uh, the 86 Gun Control Act gone. Right. All of those are restrictions on right law-abiding citizens. Okay? Well, just just one one clarification. Uh, their definition of felon is very different than the definition of felon today. Their definition of felon were individuals who were who were guilty of a violent crime. Right violence against uh, in particular violence against others now you can if you write a bad check over a certain size you can be convicted of a felony and lose your rights that too is something that the founders never actually intended uh there are also it's it's, it's something that the founding fathers never had to deal with they never had a white collar crime they never had a guy bilk you know two million dollars out of a old person's uh you know saved life savings they never had that happen before because It wasn't a currency-based system, remember? It was a barter-based system. Uh, yeah. you, you know, we, we had currency, but mm-hmm. you didn't need currency to live. You well, needed the, you know, uh, supplies the, and goods. The, the sort um, of justice that would be meted out for doing something like that was a, a little more swift. Well, yeah, and you, they wouldn't have to worry about carrying firearms because they would have cut their hands off. <laughs> right, exactly. Doing something like they would that. Have had no, um, they would have had no arms to bear. Right, right. To bear remember, arms. They would have had no arms to bear arms. If you were convicted of a felony back in 1776, you just went away. There, yeah. there was no, I'm going to give you three to five with good behavior. It was, yeah. bye, Johnny. We'll see you at your grave. You, 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 you didn't come back from jail. You were just sentenced to jail. You know, right. uh, and, and the, the minor ones, you got the public floggings or put in the locks and stockades to teach you a lesson that maybe you could be rehabilitated. But if you were convicted yeah. of a felony, you bye-bye. You went away. So yep. they didn't have to deal with felons with firearms back then because they, they, they felons were dealing with trying to stay alive back then. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, there was also a lot less crime at that time because, well, if you got caught, the, there were actual consequences as opposed to what takes place today. Yeah, uh, right. right. Hey, Mike, uh, wanted to go back and just kind of do a recap. So we did a, a we talked a little bit about Juneteenth and about kind of the various different things that went on during Juneteenth. And for those of you who do not know, uh, or don't remember, the Vice President of the United States actually gave us a history lesson uh, talking about the 400 years of slavery, and I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you check that out real quick. And to think about it in terms of the context of history, 
That's right. For 400 years of slavery, black people were not free. Listen, uh, 127 years is from uh, inception of this country to Emancipation Proclamation, 130 from uh, uh, inception to the last piece of the Emancipation Proclamation, making it to Texas on Juneteenth. Uh, all right. Yeah. That's that's why Juneteenth is there. Um, uh, you know, she's she's an idiot. She's a moron. We all know that. I, I almost hate talking about her uh, just because of uh, I feel bad. You know, speaking mm -hmm. bad about uh, 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 a woman, elder woman like that. So, um, <laughs> older woman. <laughs> well, she's old. I mean, you're supposed to respect right. your elders, right? And she's an idiot. You know, I don't know, I don't know what else. It's to hard say. to respect. It's hard. It is. It is definitely difficult to respect uh, someone who is just not that bright or just says very stupid things. I mean, I got to imagine she can't be a complete idiot if she got a law degree. Although it is from California, so y you never know. She's um, a she's a prime example of, and we see this in the training industry all the time. Uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Dunning-Kruger effect, it, it means that you believe your skill set is so much higher, and that you're so you're so much better at uh, at what you do than everybody else uh, because of your, your believed uh, um, uh, you know that you have the the higher intelligence or the higher skill level or the higher training level than everybody else. She has the Dunning-Kruger effect for politics. She thinks she's the master at all of this, and she's an idiot. And she's she's an idiot. She walks around high and mighty, condescendingly talking to people, and she's the dumb one. You know, so uh, it's she's a prime example. Well, of that's that. the um, that you know that's what makes her stupidity so much even even more obvious is that she honestly talks down to people like she thinks she's so much smarter, right? Yeah. When she slows down and yeah. speaks to people, you know, like yeah, that's you're it. An idiot. I'm speaking now. Okay, I'm, I'm speaking, speaking now. now. I'm speaking now. Do not mansplain she, to me. She, um, uh, the other thing here, they said, Craig, and I encountered it a couple of times this week. I don't know if you did. Uh, when talking about Juneteenth, uh, I'd get a, uh, uh, an, an, an anti-black uh, 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 sentiment. I'd get a racist statement from people. You know, they'd, they'd refer to it like the, the MLK Day, you know, or, you know, the, which right. is a, a celebration of, by the way, again, wrongfully done. You know, Martin Luther King was a Republican as well, who brought freedom and equality right. to, to everybody. He's one. He's one of my top five heroes of, of the 20th century. Um, uh, but the same thing with Juneteenth, that I had to stop and explain. Hey, this is a Republican victory celebration dance. Okay. Yes. The day we have off today is because Republicans went and finally gave the last piece of the, the last spreading of the Emancipation Proclamation to those in Texas. Who had been oppressed from hearing it before because remember texas's involvement in the yep. civil war was minimal um, right. so they wanted to keep their slaves working so they did so until republicans finally showed up after the war and went wait a second hold on hold on no you're free now and they were like what what republicans right. freed democrat slaves that's yes. the celebration of juneteenth it, it was it was literally the the first step in making the, um, the promise that was in our Declaration of Independence, the promise that was in our Constitution, available to all people. It was the first step. Yeah. And there were yes. other steps that still needed to be taken. But let's yeah. be clear, Republicans were the ones. A Republican president, uh, by the way, the first Republican president in a party that was founded specifically to accomplish this goal. 
So I'm like, any Republican, it's like, look, no, no, I get it. The left wants to pervert what Juneteenth is. They want to talk about George Floyd and this, that, and the other. No, 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 no. That's not what it's about. It's about that recognition, right? And the, and that, 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 that step started us off on a path. And are we, are we where we eventually want to be? Uh, where we totally want to be. Have we reached the end of that path yet? No, we haven't. But we are so much further along on that path than the left want to give us credit for. The, the critical race theorists, the Black Lives Matter folks, they want to act as if slavery never ended, right? They want to act as if we're still living pre-Jim Crow. And that is just a flat-out lie. And what we need to be doing is utilizing Juneteenth as an opportunity to show that to lay that out for the world to see, to anybody with a thinking mind to be able to see. Yeah, Craig, listen, I think you're, uh, I think the, 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 the racism issue is worse now than it was 12, 13 years ago. I'll say 12, 13 yeah. years ago, everybody, we were all sitting pretty good, pretty equal. Uh, and then we ran into an eight-year eight year wall of racism that got put down our throats. Well, but uh, it didn't. But it did. here's the thing, though, folks. Here's the thing, though. It it didn't come from conservative white people. I'll tell you nope. who's pushing. I'll tell you who's pushing nope. it. It's yeah. liberal white, liberal Marxist socialist white people. Yeah, that's who's pushing it. And you have a lot of people in academia. A lot of them and are black, black academics. Yeah. yeah, you got the black academics who are the ones that are pushing this. And the worst part about it, Mike, is is that the whole goal of all of this is to destroy the very same country and the very same values that have propelled us forward in trying to promote equality. Because they don't want equality, they want equity. Meaning they want to take from one group to give to another, right? right. They want to institute racism in order to solve racism. Right, That's that's make sure folks understand what Craig said, equality. Equality means we have the right to earn the same. Equity right. means you want to divvy it up and give it to all as an equal right. share. Equity is this idea that you, in concept, you think, okay, we're going to give to those, as the socialists put it, we're going to take from people out of their abundance and give to those based on their need, right? No. Yeah. Uh, no. And that's not no. equality. Equality is, no. I'm going, is, is I'm going to give you an equal, we're, everyone's going to have an equal opportunity to be able to succeed. Right. Yes. And we're going to get out of the way and allow you to succeed and remove artificial barriers. That's what that's what equality is. Now, once again, have we hit equality yet? No, but we're a lot closer than we were when we started. And yeah. and, and 50 years from now, we're going to be a lot further along than we are now. Yeah. But to act like we're no we've gotten nowhere. In fact, to push it backwards by saying, hey, uh, you know, hey, you, you white people. Yeah, you are oppressors because you're white. And and black people, yeah, you're oppressed yeah, because you're black. And uh, we're going to take from you oppressors and we're going to give to you who are oppressed because we are the government. And, uh, you know, we're the only ones that can that can right wrongs. Yep, absolutely right. <laughs> and, you know, no, no dispute, no dispute. Anyway, so anyway, so yeah, so that's all the, the once again, the Juneteenth follow up. Uh, just wanted to kind of express our opinions on that one. Uh, we got another one. Now, this is actually a new story. This is one we have not talked about. Mike, you want to introduce this particular story to folks? Well, this happened. You know, we, we were doing a week in rap, but this happened. Uh, you know, yesterday. So we've got to we've got to put it on here. Uh, 
uh, uh, uh, the president once again got caught with his cue cards. And now, you, you think of cue cards like uh, I, I do it, Craig. When I speak, I'll take a uh, listen. I'll take a I'll take a notepad, put four or five words on there, and, and I'm good for an hour. You know, just make sure I hit my high points. Um, well, the president, uh, his cue cards literally tell him things like, uh, well, let's let's I show you how deep. And they have what they to what they have to tell him, Craig. If you'll scroll down here a little bit further here, a little bit further here beyond that picture, it tells him you enter the Roosevelt Room and say hello. You take your seat. Press enters. See, that's the start. That's the start of his speech right there. Okay, so he can read his uh, uh, his uh, prompter. Uh, you give brief comments. Um, press departs again on his. On his teleprompter to stop. You ask Liz Schuler a question. Note, Liz is joining version. Okay, this is what you do to somebody who is uh, uh, mentally deficient and cannot formulate their own thoughts. This is, I mean, this might as well say, you eat the sandwich, you wipe your face, you you go to the bathroom. You know, this is this is how basic these things are. He is just a puppet up there. It, it is exactly what it is. And by the way, those comments or the comments that are there were on, once again, like you said, on a teleprompter, they weren't necessarily on the cue card because you can't have him reading from the cue card. He has to look like he knows what he's saying. But we also know that when he reads the teleprompter, Lord knows what is going to come out of his mouth. Right. Now, like it says there, it's it has enter to start the teleprompter. And I'm betting the last line on a teleprompter says, go back to the cue card. You know, <laughs> uh, which, by the way, okay, so let's move on to our parting shot. Uh, by the way, and this is also kind of part of the, for the Juneteenth weekend, we know that the, the president of the United States, well, let's just say if, ride, if, if fixing the economy is like riding a bike, uh, we got a problem because we had, we had a president go down this weekend, uh, fell, on, fell off of his bicycle, not, while it wasn't even moving. All right. He was trying to get off of it and fell down, uh, which, by the way, is just a metaphor for the difference between him and his predecessor, which pretty much is spelled out in this particular parting shot right here. Uh, for those of you who are just listening, you've got uh, Biden on the ground uh, with his little bike helmet on and he's where he's he's fallen down. And you've got uh, Trump standing on a, on a, standing on the seat of a motorcycle, popping a wheelie, no helmet in hand uh it's hilarious <laughs> now we also got a couple of a couple of things here uh that now this this next one is related to both uh bo to both the Se uh, second amendment as well as to the uh as well as to the january 6th committee uh for those of you once again who are listening it is the it's the meme with the the person trying to make a decision between two buttons and the person the underneath being Democrats yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, sweating, and one button says, "Your AR-15s can't win against a government that has F-15s and nukes." Right? That's when you talk about you know, you know the Second Amendment is about you know a tyrannical government. Then the next one it says. Protesters with bats and bear spray almost overthrew the government. <laughs> you can't have both, folks. You can only have one or the other. Right. It's one, it, folks. It's one, it's one or the other. Uh, but you, you're right. You do not get. You do not get to have both. And Democrats can't figure out which one it is. 
All right, this last one, well, this is kind of an AFT comment, shall we say. Right? AFT? This, is, this shows you how stupid uh, some of the, or how off some of the, some of the uh, uh, opinions are or the policies or regulations of the AFT or the ATF uh, actually are. All right, so this has got uh, Patrick from SpongeBob SquarePants. And what's that other guy's name? He looks like a manta ray. I don't know that character's name. Do you? No? Oh, I know. I have no idea what that guy's name is, yeah. Okay, well, anyway, he looks like a manta ray, and he's holding yeah. an AR-15, uh, an AR, and he says, is this legal? And uh, Patrick wearing an ATF hat says, yep. Uh, then he has, and this Then he shows him an AR pistol. Right. And, and he, he says, says is, is this yep. legal? He says, is it legal? Yep. So I can combine these? So I can combine these? Um, that's a felony. That makes no sense. I've already shot your dog, is what Patrick <laughs> says. All right, do us a quick favor, Mike, because for people who are not, who don't necessarily follow uh, the ATF, do me a favor and tell them, what is what is the point of talking about shooting the dog? Well, let's let's, let's be sure what uh, we're talking about here. These uh, right. you have your standard AR-15 long barreled right long barrel front and a, and a, and a collapsible stock. Uh, then they showed a pistol. Uh, pistol has a short barrel front and a and a, and a, and a pokey stock, uh, just a tube out the back, no stock. And then they had the combination. They had the stock. For the bottom for the rifle and the short barrel for the pistol well now all of a sudden it's illegal and shooting your dog the atf thing right uh listen that's what they did in ruby ridge it's what they did uh in uh in waco uh and i'm not talking about anybody's opinions on whatever you do there but it seems the atf their first first goal anytime they go somewhere uh anytime they do a raid is to shoot the dog uh, and it's happened so many times that it's become the uh, the lexicon of the atf it's the i'll shoot your dog well, and you only know you only know this if you follow these particular instances. And you know, I, I'll be the first one to say I, I I won't I won't necessarily get into the legality or anything, whether it's whether it's Waco or or any of those. But what I will say is this: is uh, yeah, to to shoot a dog <laughs> is yeah. I mean, really? They they make I'll tell you what, Craig, how how, how ridiculous it's gotten to the point that ATF's just known to shoot your dog is. They make a, there's a dog leash out there and somebody made a dog leash that uh, is called the ATF dog leash, ATF training dog leash. And mm -hmm. it's the dog leash, right? With the lead. And instead of it coming out like a, uh, a, a you know, return reel, the return right. reel is a, is a pretend Glock. So the return reel has a Glock. So you're always pointing down the leash at the dog. <laughs> that is horrible. That is horrible. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Yes. All right. Yes, what? it is. Hey, Mike, you know what? We're way over time. So let's do a real quick shout out to our sponsors. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about uh, our good friends at Gorilla Machining, Grid Defense, the uh, California Republican Assembly, and then, of course, uh, our good friends at uscombatgear.com. That's right, folks. Once again, their, their links to their websites are in the description of this video. Check them out. Give them some money and let them know that the guys over at The Rundown sent you. With that, we are going to bring an end to a stupendous, though short, week. And uh, we really appreciate you guys tuning in. We appreciate you liking 
and sharing and encouraging your friends to do the same. I hope that you will have a fun and safe weekend. And uh, who knows, maybe you'll get a chance to send a few rounds downrange. What do you mean, like artillery rounds? Like red leg, red leg, fire mission over. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, we'll see you on Monday. <laughs>